Hello, hello. Happy Saturday. Yes, we made it to the weekend. Another weekend. Welcome into the Sports Kiki. It's episode 21. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer. That has not changed. Thank you for tuning in to us, downloading us, subscribing to us. We're available wherever Outsports Podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Spot Podcasts, Spotify. We are there. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've spoken. Our last episode was about 10 days ago, and we spoke with, when I say we, I mean I, uh, spoke with Gerald Bostick, the uh, only surviving person at the center of the landmark Supreme Court LGBTQ workplace discrimination suit. Uh, Gerald was a great guy to talk to, and that's a name that will go down in the history books. And what I think was most poignant from what he said is the fight is not over yet, especially in these times we have become more aware than ever of the gross inequities that perpetrate every area of our society. So a big victory for our community in the Supreme Court last week, and now the fight continues on, and Gerald says he intends to keep doing that. So that was great to hear, and it was uh, great to have Gerald on, but as I said, that was a special show. We wanted to get it out quick, get in with the news cycle, so as a result, we... uh, we missed you last weekend. Hopefully, you're all able to carry on. Um, I am recording this show on the last day of my five-night overnight stint on CBS Sports Radio, filling in for uh, Amy Lawrence, their regular overnight host. I keep mentioning I'm doing overnights because I want people to compliment me and talk about how hard of a worker I am, how dedicated I am, just really how incredible I am, really godlike in a sense, um, make me feel good about myself. Like that's basically what it is. I want it very publicized. The hours I'm working, I want it very publicized how tired I am. I want you to applaud my effort. Uh, I don't ask for much. That's what I ask for, please. Uh, so while you're doing that, allow me to explain how it's going to work this week. We're doing a mailbag on the show. We did one of these a couple months ago at this point. Um, because, eh, I booked enough guests this week (laughs) for the radio, so I said, let's do a mailbag for the podcast. I kid. Love the sports kiki, and I love love the feedback that I get whenever I post these mailbag uh, videos because I want people to send me some cute comments, which I'm happy to have received. Thank you all for doing that. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, The questions were not great. uh, They could have been better. I mean, better questions have been asked. There's no doubt about it, but uh, we'll make the most of them, and we can go down some interesting pathways. But before uh, I get into all that and your questions, I want to briefly mention a story we did run on OutSports this week. If you haven't read it, you should. Uh, Theo Rabinowitz is a CBS staffer. He, uh, he came out on OutSports this week. He is a longtime OutSports uh, fan, an OutSports member of our community, if you will. He's attended events. Uh, he's met Sid. I've never had the pleasure of meeting Theo yet. Uh, I was going to going to attend my first ever OutSports Pride this year before it got canceled. I guess there's always next year. Uh, but Theo and I have corresponded for years at this point. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure how we exchanged numbers, but we did. When I came out on WEI, In 2016, Sid wrote a post about me, and I think that's how Theo probably got in touch with me, but 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we got my phone number, but we've been texting for a long time. And he's uh, remember Casey Edenfield, the porn star we had on the show. Uh, you can thank Theo for that guest idea and connection. So he's uh, the secret producer behind the scenes of this podcast. And I loved this article because it's a great story. It's a story that so many of us gay sports fans identify with. Uh, Theo talks about walking through Hell's Kitchen on his way to the CBS studios and feeling completely out of place. Uh, he barely owns a pair of jeans and, you know, he's ne- you know, cuts his own hair. I'm, I'm making that part up. But, uh, you know, not in the artsy way that gays do it either. Uh, you know, a real butcher job. No, I kid. I kid, Theo. But the jeans part is true. He says he seldom wore jeans, maybe owned one pair, and he never... He never felt comfortable being this 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 sports. He just never felt like he fit in the community, being bisexual. Um, but over time, he's become much more comfortable with that. And it's great to hear out sports has played a role in his coming out stage and his coming out journey. And it's something that we can all identify with. I remember back in college, uh, my first boyfriend, uh, some of his friends were a little more on the effeminate side. And I was uncomfortable around them and visibly uncomfortable around them at times. And it's just uh, crazy to me that I look back now and think that's how I used to act, really. I mean, how mature, how immature, how dopey. But coming out, as we always say, is a journey. So I think Theo's story really resonated with me. And what also resonated with me and what I love to see on social media this week, yes, believe it or not, there was something good on Twitter this week. Uh, Boomer Esiason, Shannon Sharp, Bart, can't wait, Scott, all applauding Theo and tweeting out our story. Boomer said, my friend and colleague Theo is one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. He's an awesome person. Then he has the fist pound emoji, so you know he's genuine. Shannon Sharp, Theo started as a runner at CBS. I was already at CBS upon his arrival. We liked a lot of the same teams, players, and became good friends. We still text and occasionally chat on the phone. Theo, I'm proud of you. Hashtag live your truth. And Bart Scott writes, I hope this story inspires all who read it to live without fear. I loved seeing that. Three of the most prominent, not just NFL analysts, but these titans, these ex-NFL stars, all going out, out of their way, to applaud Theo's coming out story. It was so great to see, and it shows how the culture has changed so much in sports, where Shannon Sharp, Boomer Esiason, and Bart Scott, these NFL greats, can attach their name to a coming out story, and it is the least controversial thing ever. It is something that is, of course, not universally applauded. I mean, there's a reason why we still run our out, coming out stories on out sports. There is still homophobia, incredible bias against the community. The trans community deals with that every minute of the day. But in terms of stuff like this, the conversation has shifted and shifted quite dramatically in a short period of time, as we were talking about last week with Gerald Bostick. It's, it's shift and shifted in such a short period of time, and I think the reaction from Boomer and Shannon and Bart Scott is, is a reminder of just how quickly it shifted, and it was great to see. It's heartwarming, not to get cheesy, but it is, because the world really does suck right now. I mean, just every week, it's like depressing as hell. This week especially, 
You know, Bubba Wallace, of course. Everyone calling him Jesse Smollett. I mean, did you see that picture that NASCAR put out Thursday? I mean, does that look like a PR stunt to you? No, that looks like a noose to me. Um, It's just, and what I always say to those people is, what's the greater point you're trying to prove? You know, what are you getting at with your commentary comparing Bubba Wallace to Jesse Smollett? What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that racism is not real? Are you trying to say that hate crimes are always exaggerated? What are you trying to say by harping on the fact that you think this was some elaborate PR stunt that, oh, by the way, Bubba Wallace was not personally involved with because he never reported the noose. One of his teammates did. So everyone flouting those, uh, flaunting rather, those conspiracies. Uh, Yeah, you're missing a central detail of the story. And even the coronavirus, I mean, like, I mean, we really have a government that I guess is just ignoring it, huh? That's that's what's happening. So it's depressing. It's depressing. So amidst a sea of depression, we have Shannon Sharp. No, but it was it was really cool to see all those CBS guys, uh, those football greats react to Theo the way they did. So let's get on with the questions, shall we? Let's get on with the questions. I have a few of them here in response to my video, which I recorded at 6.30 in the morning, coming home from an overnight shift. Did I mention I was doing an overnight shift? I was doing an overnight shift. PV1224. Now, here's a good one. It appears that when... Okay, so backstory. Uh, I do another podcast uh, about once a week with this guy, Jerry Callahan, who... I used to work with at WEI all the time on the morning show. Uh, Jerry is very far to the right, but we've always gotten along really well, and he's always been really good to me. So that's the context for this question. It appears that when Jerry formulates an opinion about something, he's unwilling to consider an opposing point of view. Why do you bother debating someone who is that rigid? What's the point? It's hard, and it's get- and it gets harder with time. I mean, Jerry's insane. It's exhausting. <laughs> but um, I I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the back and forth. It just, I like it. It's fun to me. I always viewed radio as a fun kind of sparring match. You get to be yourself, but you amplify the volume. I like that. I think I always will like it. But you get at a greater point overall which is in our culture and the major reason why I think we are on this precipitous downfall is that there are no more commonly agreed upon facts. Each side of the political aisle has their own facts. Now, ours are truthful. Theirs are conspiracies. But let's be fair and balanced. There are no agreed upon facts, right? And when there are no agreed upon facts, There can be no foundation for a constructive debate. And there are a lot of reasons for this. There is the proliferation of social media. Most people, a lot of people, get their news from their Facebook feed. And they can't discern what's a good news source and a bad news source, what's a fake news source and a real news source. If you're only watching Fox News, you're only getting, obviously, their distortion of reality. If you're 
only watching MSNBC. I mean, you're 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 far closer to the truth probably, but you know, there are some stories that you're not getting either, or at least not getting the complete picture of to say the least. So, you know, if you have you you just you, we have this this divide, this rigid divide in our in our in our news media, which is understandable when news becomes a for-profit business. You want to exploit the profits, and how do you do that? You appeal to our need for rigorous for debate and for fighting and for partisanship and for the spin. I mean, people want to live in echo chambers. They don't want to be exposed to new ideas. So that's how you make money in the news business. So that is unsurprisingly what we've done. So I would like to think that going on a show like Jerry's and debating with him um, is a way to kind of break through that bubble. Um, I understand it almost certainly is very futile. Um, and I'm by no reason nominating myself for a Nobel Peace Prize. I roll out of bed and yell into a microphone for 90 minutes like once a week. But I mean, but that's why I do it. It's fun, number one. It's just fun for me. Uh, but number two, um, you know, I think I, I think I don't I never understood people who took like fights like radio fights personally. Now, of course, there are certain things that, if are said, you can get very much offended by. And I, and I know that it's a place of privilege to say that. But also, I mean, you know, I've done tons of radio shows where we're arguing about stuff. And then during the break, like, the other host is, like, offended and, like, won't talk to you. It's like, what? Like, you, you really think I give two craps about, like, the, 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 the universal DH? I mean, like, like what? Like, you're really going to be offended over that? Like, like, what are you doing? You know, you really think I'm this upset about, you know, Tom Brady? Like, really? I mean, no, I don't care, but we got to do something. So I, I always liked, I always liked the, the debate there. I did. Um, I should just start my own like talk radio seminar. Should I not? It amuses me to talk about it. Uh, yeah, that's what I grew up. Most kids grew up playing with their friends. I grew up analyzing sports talk radio. Grow up like me. Archangel Dano chimes in with a very important uh, question. Is that a cowlick? Interesting. Now, interesting you can even tell I have a cowlick, Archangel Dano, because I have a buzz cut going, basically. A bit of a high fade in the back, but it's a buzz cut. So I don't really have that much hair right now. But yes, I do have a cowlick. Um... I never, I don't, I didn't always have one. It kind of developed for me just always, I think, styling my hair to the right side. And that's how my calic formed. So thank you for noticing. Uh, The Sad Sundays, which is a great Twitter name, uh, asks a not so great question. Who butchered your hair? Excuse me, this haircut was like $36. Okay. And that's not including tip. I mean, this was almost a $50 event, this haircut. And you're going to say it was butchered? Really? No. It's beautifully done. Please, don't tell me otherwise. But I, I have now gotten like three haircuts in like five, six weeks, which is so out of the norm for me. I've become one of those gays who just changes their hair with their mood. Um, but no, I'm digging it. I never had a buzz cut before. I always had like the same – my whole life – well, when I was a, a young, like really young, I had a blonde mushroom cut, which was interesting. But – and my skin was like translucent. It's very weird. And then my skin, and then my hair got got darker, and 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 since the, since like I was like twelve years old, I've basically had the same men's regular 
haircut, if you will. There's no high fade. There's nothing exciting or mature about it at all. So finally, we're doing a little high fade with a buzz cut. So that's a lot of a lot more on my hair than you all probably anticipated or cared about. Uh, Mike T two nine eight chimes in. Do you enjoy boxing and kickboxing? And if you do, do you have any favorite fighters? Uh, I am personally not a huge fan of boxing or kickboxing. Um, so my favorite fighter is whoever beats Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you know, if that ever happens, that's that's something I enjoy. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I used to be the biggest WWE fan of all time. Brian Bell is uh, our wrestling uh, correspondent on OutSports and does a great wrestling podcast, LGBT in the Ring. But I had my own wrestling podcast when I was like 13 years old. And I did it all the way up until college, and then I stopped. I stopped watching wrestling when I got to college and didn't have DVR. It became like less of a part of my life as I got older. I mean, growing up, I would we would buy all the pay-per-views, tape everything. I, we have VHSs of like Backlash 2001 and Survivor Series 2002. I mean, it's we, we have, if you want anything that the WWE put out in the early aughts, uh, come to my parents' house. It's, the, it's here. You would need a VHS player to play them, but they're here. Um, and then it like became less of a part of my life. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I, it kind of just... You grow into things, you grow out of things. Um, but even when I was really into WWE, I really think it was the storylines that drew me. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved a good match, but what really got me going was like ECW and Paul Heyman uh, coming back and going to war with the WWE and and the war between the WCW and WWE and and DX and NWO, like all the storylines. Like that's the kind of stuff that I like really liked the wrestling was fine, but not my favorite. So when you take away that, and I know there's storylines in boxing, but I don't know fighting. I've never been in a fight. I've never come close. I've never even raised my fist. I mean, never, ever, ever. Um, I, I don't like fighting video games. I, I was tortured as a, as a middle schooler having to play like Halo and Call of Duty with my friends after school. It was so bad. I hated every minute of it. And at that stage, you can't drive, obviously, because you're, you know, 13. So I was stranded at my friend's house as we were playing hours of Halo together, like vomiting because we were playing the video game for too long and not like going outside or drinking water, just like zombies, our mouths agape just you know playing these games but i i never liked video and even fighting movies violent movies shooting movies the departed never interested me uh i'm peace no violence jack griff chimes in as well will you marry me thank you jack griff jacqueline yes i will marry you provided we are uh celibate which I think is attainable if we both want it. We can do it for sure. I've always said I'd love to uh, live with Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. I mean, because she is amazing, seems like an amazing woman, a kind woman. And as long as she's okay with, you know, <laughs> with, with, with us living our separate lives, if you will, in some senses, then, then that'd be cool with me. I see nothing against that. So thank you for that, Jacqueline. And hopefully you all were 
somewhat amused during this episode. I promise next time we gather, I'll have a guest, someone interesting. We'll probably have Theo on. Not, I'm not going to guarantee it, but we're working on maybe hearing from him because I think that was such a strong story again. Uh, and some others as well. You can always find me on Twitter. At AlexDreamer1 is my username. That, again, is at AlexDreamer1. Against my better judgment, my direct messages are open. So do not hesitate. At AlexDreamer1. Thank you always for thank you all for listening. Quick programming note before we go. Uh, no show next Saturday on the 4th of July. Taking that off out of respect to our great country. So I'll be back two weeks, Saturday, July 10th. Don't give me too much crap. It's the first time since we started this podcast in February that I took time off. So, no. No show next week. We'll be back in two weeks, July 10th. Looking forward to it. Thank you, as always, for listening.